It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, December 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is having so much fun with World Juniors this time around, Russ. A lot of upsets so far. Yeah, it's a great time of the year. love watching the games. All right, we're going to get to more World Juniors news and get into what the Phantoms are up to, plus your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. That's how you can ask mailbag questions, which we are getting to today, of course. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so you can watch us over there. Russ, we were nervous yesterday about Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of the big subject of conversation because he had gotten injured in that game against Carolina. And uh, we had a practice yesterday. So uh, he was on the ice and playing and according to John Tortorella is good to go. So that is a sigh of relief. Uh, Felix Sandstrom was also back from illness, but Sam Erson was still there at practice. I think it seems like from, you know, what Tortorella was saying that that was just kind of a a just in case Mm -hmm. situation. But I guess we'll find out more today at their last practice in Voorhees before they take off to go out West. Oh, the big thing I would say is, have they learned anything? Are they going to adjust Carter Hart's schedule? Or are they going to just throw him in there for, you know, the most games in the league? Like, is that their goal? It's a really good question, and I think it's one that, you know, really needs to be asked if they are going to change anything, like you said, about how they're going to deploy the goalies. And it has been interesting because it seems like, and as we touched on yesterday a little bit, that their choices in terms of forward lines and, you know, how they're doing things, you know, in terms of improving the processes with the skaters, that winning and losing doesn't matter Right. to John Tortorella. But with goaltending, it seems like it does. And it I'm does. having a little bit of a, a trouble kind of justifying these two approaches for the different roles. Well, it's almost like he's he's got this goalie, so he knows that if he's going to have a bad year, He doesn't want to be embarrassed out there. But you know what? Like, you can't put that on all on Carter Hart and say, all right, well, now you're just going to have to play the most, not only the most games you've ever played, but, you know, and then some. Like, it's just, you. I get it. When there's goalies down the stretch and they're playing games because they're trying to make the playoffs, that makes sense to me. But they're not making the playoffs. That's pretty obvious. So what's going on here? 
Yeah, I mean, to me, you want to get Felix Sandstrom and Sam Erson to some degree, but mm -hmm. a lesser degree than Felix Sandstrom. But you want to get those guys as many games as possible uh, without going overboard, mm -hmm. right? You do want to acknowledge that Carter Hart is your number one goaltender, but you really need to know if Felix Sandstrom can be in it for the long haul. You need to know if Sam Erson can step up. Uh, you know, and be available as an NHL goaltender. And, you know, he's only had the one game, Urson. And so you don't, obviously, you know, you wouldn't judge just on that one game alone. But I think it's important for the team and the future and knowing what who your tandem is going to be mm -hmm. to get Felix Sandstrom in more games. And, you know, I think you're right in terms of, you know, leaning on Carter Hart to save them from too many losses, which to be fair, isn't working. No. <laughs> like, let's be real here. No. So if you're putting Carter in hard in too much and you're not achieving the desired effect, like, what's the point to me? Yeah, and that's that's where I'm at. Like, what are we doing here? Let's, let's temper this. Let's even it out a bit. I mean, I get it. He's going to play a lot more than the backup, but he should not play. Uh, there's a certain number I wouldn't go over. Let's just say that. Yeah. I think so as well. Uh, so, you know, speaking of the the forward lines on the other side of things, not really seeing any changes there, which is fine. I think you know that's where they've settled for now. Yeah. You know, again, we we've talked about how we r really haven't liked you know Hayes and Lawton together. That Lawton needs a little bit more jump on that line. That Allison is there, and hopefully he'll get back up to full strength. Um, and help Scott Lawton there because you really have noticed Scott Lawton more on the penalty kill, right, than anything else recently. Yeah, he just hasn't – Allison hasn't played enough games, and it's just there haven't been right. enough games since he's come back. So I don't know where he's at and, you know, as far as that goes. But I think he could help to some degree. Yeah, I think so too. And I want to continue to see that frost line with JVR and Owen Tippett. And I think Cates is, is settling in a center to Farabee and Konechny right now. And obviously Konechny is playing well. So I, I wouldn't want to break that up for now either, especially on this road trip where you have some chances to get some wins in against a couple of weaker teams. I think they should you know, stick with this for a little bit, at least to get some consistency and, and see you know, how that works out for them. Mm -hmm. So uh, switching over to World Juniors, uh, when we were recording yesterday's show, it was like near the beginning of the Canada game. And uh, I think Canada was up one nothing when we finished recording. Yes. And uh, score really did uh, switch around. Canada was upset by Czechia 5-2 to two in that game. 5-2 to two games seem to be a trend in this tournament so far. We've had three of them in just two days. But uh, I do think that while it was a remarkable upset, number one, in our preview with Chris Peters, we talked specifically about Czechia, and that was a team to watch out for, and there's a lot of talent there. So I do not want to discount that. Um, but at the same time, I also think that Team Canada is still really good on paper. Mm -hmm. And they're a team that sometimes has clunky losses like this, but they tend to peak at the right time in tournaments. So I'm not worried about them. I think, you know, the, you know, the media and the fan consternation about it is an immediate reaction, but I think team Canada is going to be fine. They'll be fine. It's just, they, you know, they were great in showing off their one-on-one -on -one talent, but it didn't work as a team. I don't care that mm -hmm. they tried Michigan's that doesn't bother me. 
I just no. want results. And if they're not going to get results, then yeah, don't do the Michigans because you know your odds of scoring are, are going to go down. But if the chance is there, sure, take it. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't care that they did it. I know some people have a problem with it. I don't. But you know, again, don't keep showing Connor Bedard almost goals either. Like I get the great moves, but you know he didn't play the best game. Like not is, overall. No, no he so needs some work. He needs some work, and so it's like you know. I get you want to pump him up, but maybe don't pump him up so much until he's actually playing better. You know, that's, that's the thing. I think it's just, it's a challenge for the coach to not have these guys get all of this spotlight for themselves and still play like a team. We knew the goaltending was going to be bad. We talked about it. So they switched already to Milich and that's fine. We, we all agreed that was going to happen. So it happened mm -hmm. quicker than we thought. Okay. Uh, Defense is good. You know, the Brant Clark thing I didn't love because that happened at the end of the game and he was so frustrated. He was just kind of like, oh, well, and, and you could read his lips. And like, I, he didn't mean that like, oh, well, like I may have hurt the guy. He was just like, oh, well, that's the way this game is going. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. you know, and Czechia took it easy on him at the end. They probably could have scored another goal or two on the power play, but they really didn't even try. They were just passing it around and eventually just took a shot. Oh, they were eating up clock. Yeah. It was very clear that's yes. what they were doing. So, I mean, so, listen, they're, they have to win their next game. They can't lose another one. So there is a certain no. amount of pressure on them no matter what. So I can't say everything will be normal. But what I can say is they've got to get some goals early to get their confidence back because they did lose their confidence in that game. And I think that's part of the nature of this tournament when it's focused on, you know, prospect draft eligible prospects. And then, you know, when you're, you're covering these games, you're looking at oh, who are my team's prospects in the tournament. And so you have this battle between talking about the individual players as they relate to whatever NHL team you're interested in, or as a draft analyst. And you forget sometimes that this all has to work as a team. Like it's about the teams. It's not about the individual players, like you said. And so I think that's important for all of us, myself included, right? To yeah. think about as I'm watching the tournament in terms of wins and losses and predictions and all of that. It's it's still a team game at the end of the day. You're not going to win it with one guy. All right. Uh, we are going to talk about the Flyers prospects in Lehigh Valley. Uh, this is where the team and the prospects overlap together, and it is for one purpose. And we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to college bowl season, basketball to soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you could find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. So Russ, the Phantoms, it's been, a, it feels like it's been a while since we've talked about them. It's, it's just an extra day because mm -hmm. of the holiday weekend. 
And they had two games last week before they returned to action tonight, actually. So uh, the AHL is getting spun up at the same time as the NHL does after the Christmas break. And they split the two games, uh, losing to Hershey 4-2. to two. There was an empty net goal in that one. Uh, but they won on Friday versus Springfield, two to one. Uh, two very close games with differing results. Uh, Hershey is, of course, like dominating this season. Yeah. And so, you know, to keep it close against them, I think is pretty good for the Phantoms. But ultimately, they still need to build up points to make the playoffs. They're not getting enough uh, points. They just aren't. Yeah. It's tough because they're in sixth in, in the division right now. Um, you know, Hershey and Providence, which for some reason the Phantoms have had really good success against. They're up top. Uh, but then you have kind of a range of 27 to 33 point swing with varying games played. And so if you look at it amongst the other teams, there's definitely room to move up. And the Phantoms do have the talent to do it right now. It's just a matter of if they can do it. And, you know, when we talk about the Phantoms making the playoffs, we've said this before, but it, it bears repeating. It's really important for the prospects in Lehigh Valley to experience playoff style hockey, whether it's at the AHL level or the NHL level. And that's why we harp on this team trying to make the playoffs, even though you think it might not matter from a Flyers perspective. Right. So a few things. Their, their penalty minutes are still way too high. The goals for is mm -hmm. pathetic. Compared to the rest mm -hmm. of the league, they are just not scoring. And and that's got to be problem number one that, that's got to get solved. You know, 5-4-1 in, in their last 10, if they keep going 5-4-1, and one, they're going to keep being in sixth and fifth and sixth place. So this is where the coaching staff has to sort of step up and, and keep trying to change things and tinker a little bit because they're not getting enough goals. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, that's why they're having these games. It's, it's, the goaltending's fine. They're not losing yep. because of goaltending. They're losing because of offensive output. Lack of it. Yeah. And speaking of goaltending, Pat Nagel is back up with the Phantoms because Sam Erson got called up. And uh, he's been, again, you know, he's Johnny on the spot. He's always going to put in a good effort for you. He'll have a, a bad game every now and again, but he had two pretty solid games. I would say the second one, you know, against Springfield was a little better, but overall Pat Nagel is, is rock solid. And so you don't really have any worries there. Uh, they were missing Kevin Connaughton because he is over playing in the Spengler cup. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny Breer is an assistant GM of team Canada for the Spengler cup. Uh, so far they've played one game and lost uh, to HC Sparta Prague, but uh, you know, for the Spengler Cup fans out there, um, you know, once in a while, but, somebody from the Spengler Cup comes back and plays in the NHL. It happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so the, you know, they're missing a little bit on the defensive side because he's a, a pretty solid AHL level mm -hmm. defenseman right now. Still but, not going to matter for uh, goals. No, it's not. And uh, the other problem is that you know you have. Artem Anisimov, and you know, it's fun. He's got, you know, 13 points, 10 goals, three assists, and 12 games played for the Imagine Phantoms where they'd this be season. without him. Right. So you imagine what would they be without him? And, you know, is he taking opportunities away from the prospects in terms of well, scoring he's helping opportunities? Them too, so it's, yeah, it's a mixed it's bag a for me. Yeah, on that front. And that, you know, without him, like, ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you could be looking at last year. 
that's yeah. the situation. Um, and, and that's what we, you know, again, we might be looking at this team and saying in, in another 20 games, the coach is no better than last year. So far, it's been better than last year. We can't say great, but it's been better than last year. And so I think that, you know, we're still on the positive side of things, but Just you know, by we, we have to be cautious by hair. Like, but we, we do have to be cautious here because I think some of these guys are, are still being streaky where you notice we say like, oh, this guy had a really great weekend. And then we have to wait three weeks before we talk about him again because he doesn't make a huge impact. We need more consistency from everybody yes. across the board. That's Kiefer Bellows. That's Tyson Forster, who still leads the team with 19 points, but he didn't get on the scoreboard in those two games. Yeah. You know, Ali Lixel, I think, you know, he had a, a really solid weekend of play, but again, uh, he had one assist that was actually really good. I, I'm not going to lie. It was a, it was a great yeah. feed to Anisimov for a goal, but you know, we just need more consistency across the board from all these guys. And I would say, you know, the only couple of guys that I think I would want to necessarily talk about every week because of their on ice performance and not just because we have to cover them as flyers prospects, I would say is Elliot Denoye. Um, there's always something that I want to talk about with him. And he had a really nice goal versus Hershey. And then, you know, I want to talk about Igor Zamula because I care about his development, right. whether he plays good or bad, but he doesn't always do what he needs to in order to stand out either. So also with special teams in the division, the, the Phantoms are best on the power play now. So that's gone up. That's good and worst mm -hmm. on the PK. And they were good at the, yep. on the PK for a little while. They were. <laughs> and so that's another thing where that's costing them now. It is. And they allowed um, a power play goal against Hershey that was the go-ahead goal in the third period, you know, that cost them that game. And, it, and again, it was a close game, like I said, but it was just unfortunate that they couldn't, you know, maintain that, that even strength and uh, and get a chance to win that one. Yeah, it's a shame. Again, I think with the fandoms here, we just have to go into this next batch of games and see what we can accomplish and then hopefully see some more consistency with some of these guys. And especially, I think, on the defensive side of things. I think Adam Ginning, uh, we talked about him last week. I think he had a really good couple of games as well. Um, and we talked about it last week that he's kind of learning more how to step up mm -hmm. into the play offensively that he's that's not his forte no. but he's learning more when he can do it and it is helping the team you know it really yeah, it's did. good for the it's, team we, he won't do that at mm -hmm. the next level but it is good for the team yeah i think so too and it's just kind of rounding out his game a yeah. little bit uh he had a really nice shot in the hershey game that led to the denoye goal right it was a rebound that yeah. denoye picked up off a yanning shot so i i want to see that continue it's a positive but I, I think season like, for him so far no doubt yeah, I think so. And so that's good to see. I just want to see, you know, Zamula, Adderd, and Yinning. I want to, like, by the end of this season, I want to be, like, in in inner conflict about which ones I want to see moved up because they have all been successful, right? Yeah. I mean, right now my gut tells me only one of the three would be moved up. But you never know. By the end of the year, maybe that changes. 
yeah, uh, we shall see on that front. Um, you know, we have three games this week, uh, tonight versus Bridgeport. We've got Friday at Utica and Saturday against the dreaded Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. <laughs> that so, one will always be a tough game, man. And no, matter it, uh, no matter what. It's so frustrating. And that but, one's uh, the one they have to win because that's divisional. Mm-hmm. They're ahead of them in the division. They need mm-hmm. to win that game. Yeah, and then on the other side, you know, they should win against Bridgeport, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a struggle. So I, th- I think that they really need to pick up all, if not most, of the, the points. It'll depend if Aturatu is playing for them or the Islanders still. Like, that'll make a big difference right. in that game. Uh, yet another Flyers draft regret I yeah. have. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. That's that's another one that I will haunt me for a long time. In in, a, in the division, that's going to haunt you for sure. All right, we are going to get to your mailbag questions coming up next. All right, we have some good ones today. First one is a World Juniors question. Are there any draft eligible players that have stood out so far that we should add to our list? I mean, adding to it, I mean, I would assume that, you know, Fantilli and Bedard and I mean, I'm trying to think if there's somebody on the um, Carlson's on there, but I'm trying to think if there's somebody on the outside outside that I mean, like on Slovakia or. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody there. I think um, Stramel's another guy you have to watch because. You know, if for some reason the Flyers are unlucky and they're somewhere around nine or ten, you know, he's looked really good. And he's a big guy who could score, who um, can play a physical game as well. So maybe uh, add Charlie on that list. You know, I don't think there's any goalies. Um, if you want to add um, Sandy Palika, that's fine. I, I'm high on him. And he's a defenseman and he's doing really well. He may not be showing it all off in points, but the fact that He's a young guy. He's a, I think he's maybe just turned 18. And so playing in the SHL, playing on the top power play, you know, maybe add him in there as well. All right. Um, uh, we were speaking about Carter Hart earlier. And so this question is, how many games should Carter Hart start versus Felix Sandstrom? Well, it's a good question. Um, so I started to look at these things. And what I came out of it with was last year, the most amount of games was 67, UC Soros. And he's a little bit Mm -hmm. of an older goalie. I think he's 26. But Hart's played nowhere near that in his career, right? So I'm not going to be comfortable with anything over 55. To me, if you go over 55, that's a lot. He's at 27 now. Mm -hmm. Leading the league. So he's probably going to be in the 60s if he stays on this pace. And it's assuming he could play these games. I mean, again, he's lucky that he's not going to miss anything here, but that doesn't mean he won't be missing down the road because you're playing him too many games. So ideally, like 52 would be ideal. But it doesn't seem like Torts will play Sandstrom 30 games. Like, it just doesn't seem like that's possible. So I'll go to 55 and hope that that Torts will actually play Sandstrom the rest of the games, the remainder. But I don't know if he will. And that is part of the problem here. Um, Would Torts feel better if it was Troy Grosnick? Like, I don't know what would make him feel better. 
But clearly he's got an issue with the young guys in net and a very short fuse as far as pulling them. You know, everybody could say that he was trying to help Urson. Fine, maybe he was. But is he going to do that every time? You can't do that every time when Hart's playing three out of every four because then the guy never gets a day off. Yeah, I, I would like Sam Urson to get, you know, another two or three games maybe mm-hmm. in this season and mm-hmm. hopefully with Sandstrom picking up the other ones, like you said. But I think, you know, 55 is probably a good max out number uh, for Carter Hart. I think that that sounds about right. And then you just have Felix Sandstrom make up the difference, right. you know, knock on wood. And you then know, you'll nobody know, gets like you hurt. have to know mm-hmm. what he is going to be. And if the coach doesn't like him or feel like he's the guy, then you'll go out and get a backup next year. That's fine. Yep. That is the way to approach it. Uh, looking ahead to the draft, uh, should the Flyers this year, because of the depth of the draft, take the best player available or go with the organizational need? Well, I would say it two ways. If if it's the same group intact, then go best player available. If um, there are different people in charge in different places that have a plan that says, hey... Um, you know, in three years, we want to be this or four years, we want to be this, then maybe you take uh, out of need. But if everything stays the same, I'll say best player available. There are teams that draft out of need when they have when they know what's going on, when they know what the plan is, when they have an idea of when they take a player, maybe when he's going to get to the it doesn't happen often, but it's happening more often now the last three or four years, Mm -hmm. you can see it. You know, I, I use, you know, New Jersey and, and Simone Nimich as, as an example. You can't argue with, you can't tell me he's better than David Yerichek. I just won't believe you. But for whatever reason, I think they realized he would get to the NHL quicker maybe. And so they wanted to go that route. Or because of just the way he fits in their system, that's why they went with him. But I don't think he was the best player available too. I, I don't. So that just shows you the difference. But the Flyers really aren't where aren't now where the devils were even last year. Cause you could see the difference in the organizations this year. Yeah, I think so too. It's interesting to talk about it in terms of, you know, what the need is, right? Is it a positional need in terms of, you know, what the team is weakest at, but then also looking at the depth at the various positions and how fast you think somebody can get to the NHL, because that could be a need as well, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not necessarily a positional need, but as a, we need somebody now. Need. Well, I mean, I'll just give you an example, right? Worst case scenario, Sean Kateri comes back. He doesn't look great. You know, the team huddles up and realizes he's never going to be the same again. So now we have to be on the hunt again for a number one center. You're in the draft. The number one center is on the board. You have to take him. Like, if you know that, right. You have to take them knowing how rare they are and you don't have one in your system anymore. So something like that could cause that. Because it's a situation where like two twos doesn't add up to a one. Correct. (laughs) Right? Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, When will Chuck Fletcher speak next? And if you were him, what would you say to the fans? I think he will uh, speak next. Yeah a month before the trading deadline, a couple of weeks before the trading deadline. Cause at that point he could say, give an update on Sean Couturier. What should he say? What he should say to the fans is uh, 
you know, right now we're going to be sellers at the deadline this year did not go the way I planned. And, you know, we are in the midst of a rebuild. We're currently working on the plan for that rebuild, but that's what we're doing. Uh, I know what I said last year, even this year at some point was, you know, optimistic, but you know, things have changed. So now we've changed direction. That's what he should say. Do I think he's going to say that? No. He's going to say we're going to try and make a hockey trade. He's going to use all the same stuff again. Yeah, I do think he'll have to say something before the All-Star break. Maybe. I think think that's, you know, when he'll have to say something significant next. And, I, you know, I think that's when the, the topic of trades will come up. And, you know, what he thinks the plan is. If he says something like still formulating a plan... I think people are going to lose their minds because look at all this time to plan. We're planning the plan, you know, like I I just think it's absolute bonkers that it is possible though. And you know, the only thing he he'll waste half the time talking about like Carter Hart being the only all-star on the team. Like he'll talk about the season he's had and everything else and waste a lot of that time. There's nobody else is an all-star on this team. No, although Konechnik, I think if they can't figure out a way to get Carter yes. Hart there, then it'll be connected because of because of the divisional structure. Right. Then it'll be connecting. Right. That is my prediction. All right, that will do it for the mailbag. Our Flyers fun thing. The Phantoms are doing a New Year's Eve puck drop, kind of like you know the ball dropping. Yeah, I like square. it. They're, they're making a giant hockey puck for downtown Allentown, which sounds like a lot of fun. And you should go if you are in that area. Yeah, if I wasn't like a couple hours away, I would go. I think that's awesome. Yep, I think so too. All right, we will be back again tomorrow. We are going to get to talk about a Flyers game, actually, uh, preview the matchup against the Sharks and uh, so much more. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. If you've got mailbag questions you want us to answer, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. Now make Locked On Sports your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. You can get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.